This is a CNA podcast. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. The Asian flush. That's when somebody goes very red in the face and in the neck after consuming alcohol. And this can happen quite quickly after the consumption of alcohol for some. Now, for many people, I've seen them brush it off, joke about it, and and people make uh, comments like, oh, it means you can't hold your liquor and things like that. But it actually could be a sign, a health sign that we need to pay far more attention to. On today's edition, you and I are going to learn more about how the Asian flush is a sign of cancer risk. Joining me on today's edition is Dr. Edward Chong, who's a general surgeon, senior upper GI consultant, surgeon from Pan-Asia Surgery Group. Now, he specializes in esophageal, gastric cancer, endoscopies, uh, laparoscopic GI surgeries, and more as well. Joining me on today's edition, Dr. Chong, welcome aboard. Hello. Thank you very much for having me, Mr. Martins. A very good afternoon to everybody. What is, what is the Asian flush exactly? What is happening? Why is somebody's face turning red after alcohol consumption? So the Asian flush uh, is, is exactly what it is. So you, um, it's a genetic mutation involving uh, a specific enzyme called the LDI dehydrogenase or uh, ALDH enzyme that metabolizes uh, acetaldehyde or um, we should call it AA. And the toxic agent is the acetaldehyde. And basically, when you consume uh, uh, alcohol in those who have a genetic mutation, they develop a, a glow or a flush in their face, also called the oriental flush, uh, where you can't hold your liquor. Uh, and then they get tachycardia, nausea, and headaches. They, they don't always have to have all the signs, but the clear signs that they have is going red. They turn red. And when they have this... Um, a genetic mutation of the enzyme, they not only turn red, uh, they get very intoxicated very quickly, like just having one or two glasses of wine. Why is is the face turning red, though? So they're they're not able to, because of the genetic mutation, they're not able to break down the alcohol in the same way as somebody who doesn't have the genetic mutation, right? Comparing the East Asians, uh, the Chinese, uh, Japanese, Koreans, uh, East Asians, where this huge congregation of uh, uh, genetic mutation is compared to them, about 35 to 40 uh, or 50 percent of of the East Asians would have these genetic mutations, whereas less than 5 percent of uh, Westerners would have these mutations. And so because of this mutation, uh, they are unable to metabolize uh, alcohol predominantly in the liver. But obviously, uh, the whole body and the whole gastrointestinal tract is, uh, is connected. It starts from the mouth and then all the way down the, the back of the throat to the esophagus, which is the food pipe connecting between the mouth and the stomach. And you have a higher concentration of um, acetaldehyde or AA, which is toxic uh, to the lining of the gastrointestinal tract. And therefore, you develop these cancers. In, in the well-studied uh, group of patients, we, we know that it's predominantly um, esophageal cancer. Now, there are two types of esophageal cancers. Uh, one is the adenocarcinoma, which is predominantly in the West. But in the East Asians, we have uh, uh, esophageal squamous cell carcinoma. And in, um, in uh, Asia, 90% of our esophageal cancer are esophageal squamous cell carcinoma. 
Uh, this arises from long-standing irritation of the lining of the gut, uh, because predominantly because of smoking and alcohol. And in this group of patients, a lot of them would have this uh, genetic mutation. And in, in one of the famous Japanese studies, uh, it was estimated that 50% of these esophageal squamous cell cancer can be prevented in the Japanese uh, male population if moderate drinkers, which is what we do most of the time, moderate drinkers uh, were only light drinkers. So they only drink one or up to one to three days a month. So those are the significant thing here. So motor drinkers we, we, who carries this uh, genetic defect are at a very high risk. Because we want to do whatever we can in these individuals to prevent the accumulation of that AA building up, yep. right? That's right. That's so if you're not drinking, if you're not exposing the body and the mouth to ethanol, which is the main component of the alcohol, yep. it's not going to uh, get stuck in the breakdown process as AA, unfortunately, right? Bingo. You got it. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm just... Curious, many people take it so lightly, Dr. Chong, that they, they make the jokes like, oh, you can't hold your liquor, oh, you're getting rid of the face, oh, you're getting, you know, a little <laughs> butt bit buzz. It's almost a joking concept. We don't take it seriously, but what you're describing to us is that the Asian flush is, in fact, a health marker of cancer risk. Exactly. You got it right on the point. So it is a clinical biomarker, basically a clinical sign that you can see, you can touch, or you can feel, you can see without any investigation. You go to the uh, pub or the bar, and, or, or even at home when you're drinking something, they, they glow, they turn completely red, they get, uh, they get palpitations, they get nausea and all that. Bingo, you got, you got a problem with that individual. So worrying, isn't it? Because we've got Technically, I mean, looking at those numbers that you mentioned, the stats that you mentioned, pretty high rates of some of these genetic mutations in the Asian population. It is very, very high rates. And that's why it's so interesting that we have the ability uh, to stop this problem or at least minimize this problem if we can get the information out to the public mm. by educating them. Not only the public, but we also need to educate the healthcare workers as well because they are the ones who can help um, advise them. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. The uh, mutations you were talking about, this is interesting to me as well. Um, it's a mutation, the specific enzymes at play here. And that's, that's right. resulting in it not being able to be broken down safely uh, for these individuals. But the, the, the interesting thing is, you know, th there could be um, one versus two copies of the mutated gene. That's and right. this results in, you know, some people feeling the impact very strongly when they have that first drink. Uh, versus some people who can kind of tolerate it and carry on drinking, but will have that Asian flush as well. What's more common amongst our population, having that one or two copies? It's more common to have the two cop uh, the, 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 the one copy mutation because being having one copy mutation, you can tolerate the alcohol to some extent. And not only that, your body uh, can conform to it or if you like, your body can develop tolerance uh, to the alcohol, but the the accumulation of the toxic agent, which is acetaldehyde, will still be there, although your, your symptoms of uh, getting the tachycardia palpitation and flushing come down a little bit, a little bit but you will still have that uh, danger. So they, they, it becomes slightly milder for them, and therefore they can tolerate it. And alcohol, as you and I know, it's not an easy thing um, to avoid for some people because it doesn't come from just a genetics bit. Mm. There's a social bit and there's a cerebral bit, which is uh, your, your brain thing. 
and for those who are dependent, it's a different thing compared to those who are not dependent because there's a switch in your brain that when you touch alcohol, uh, for those specific individuals, it turns on that switch and it's very difficult for them to turn it off. We've got some of our listeners WhatsApping across. Let's take a look. Uh, this person hasn't left their name, but they ask, I seldom drink, but when I do, I get all the symptoms doctor mentioned. Palpitations, dizziness, headaches, rashes, redness, and I get sleepy. What should I do? This person asks. They state they are 51 years old this year. Any advice? Well, yeah, of course. Uh, he seldom drinks. That's a big plus. Uh, so his risk is going to be uh, no increase compared to the natural population. Um, but the, but those who do drink, uh, then they should uh, seek help and they should have um, their, an endoscopy to screen or to look for any uh, possibility of, of very, very uh, early uh, cancer processes such as um, dysplasia, which is not cancer yet, but the lining of the esophagus or the stomach would have changed slightly. And this is done with a gastroscopy under sedation with the use of uh, white light endoscopy and narrow band imaging, which is a type of light that we use to specifically pick up for uh, squamous uh, cell dysplasia. Already the first step is great. The fact that this person seldom drinks, that's always the big thing. So I guess the next best thing for anybody who has the Asian flush, besides speaking to the doctor and seeing whether they need to do one of those endoscopies as well, is to cut down the drinking as much as possible. That's a big one. Yes, absolutely. That's that's the biggest step and not often the easiest because uh, when they have to, they, they do that and then when you at, at the age of 50 or 60 they still feel strong and they can take on the world, mm. you know, and uh they and then you give them everything is clear but they have this pressure of uh society, peer pressure, genetics, cerebral and and and, and all that they will still say I'm okay, I'm clear. Let's continue what I do, you know, and then suddenly when they're in their 60s or 70s, they have a early lesion or they have lesions that they are missed, whatever it is, you know. Because not, not all tests is 100% accurate. Uh, and things can start within between between timing of your endoscopy. Mm. So if you have one endoscopy now and you, if everything is clear, you said, all right, let's have another one in five years' time. Between one and five years, a lot of things can happen. Do the, I've got another question standing by. It's a great one. I'll get to it in a moment. But just to wrap up the discussion at this point does that tie together though if we've got higher rates of this genetic mutation amongst the asian population ergo do we also have higher rates of some of the cancers you mentioned such as esophageal cancer mouth cancer throat cancer and so on yes we do absolutely yes we do they're all similar unfortunately the the those squamous cell cancer of the upper aerodigestive tract, which means the airway and your uh, mouth and throat and esophagus, they're almost linked in, this, in terms of the causative uh, factors. So you, usually you have one or two, but 20% of these guys will have synchronous cancers. So that, that's the thing that uh, a lot of people are not aware of, including uh, healthcare sectors. Again, when it goes to the idea of breaking down alcohol, a lot of us, the layperson, assumes it's all happening in the liver. Um, but why are we so concerned about what's happening in the mouth here? So the liver probably uh, is concerned with over uh, 90% of your metabolism of the alcohol. Hence, uh, we're always talking about the liver. But in your mouth, your salivary glands, uh, are, they also contain the enzymes, uh, LDH, dehydrogenase, which is ALDH, and they are also uh, um, limited, if you like, in the breakdown of the alcohol. In, 
addition in your mouth and in your gastrointestinal tract, you have bacteria. They break down alcohol as well to form acetaldehyde. And these concentrations of uh, AA or acetaldehyde over the lining of your gastrointestinal tract will cause the toxicity and the carcinogenic actions over many, many, many years. And these things will not hit you until you're in your 50s, your 60s, your 70s. And that's why when we have these lifestyles and um, diet, etc., we always feel uh, that we are waiting for something to happen. And these things don't happen to uh, 30, 40 years later. That's why in your 50s, in your 60s, in your 70s, that's why I call the business end of your mm. lifestyle. You should have your health check. You should have your endoscopy because these are the easy things to check and easier to treat when these cancers are picked up very early. And you can remove this polyp or early cancer lesion endoscopically under sedation without big cancer operation. These things can be removed in five to 10 minutes rather than a three, four hour operation and then have six cycles of chemotherapy for the rest of the year, which will take up one year of your life, you know. Another question from our listeners on CNA 93, Dr. Chong. This person asks, if we're concerned about alcohol consumption and also the exposure of the mouth to this alcohol and the inability to break it down. Well done. You've been listening very closely to the show. I like it. Um, this listener asks then, um, should we also be concerned about gargling with alcohol-based mouthwashes? And basically, if we're gargling, I'm paraphrasing it, if we're gargling with this, is our body not able to break it down, therefore? That's a very great question. Very, very well done uh, for whoever brought that in. Now, you do get absorption of alcohol in the mouth. You do get increase of uh, acetaldehyde uh, in your mouth uh, because of the reduced salivary um, gland uh, enzymes and the bacteria breakdown of alcohol. And therefore, yes, you will have a, a slightly increased risk, but that risk will not be significantly big enough uh, in the rest of your GI tract. But you do, you're, you're, you're correct about that. If you have the uh, Asian flush and if you want to go for mouth uh, wash or, or gargle that's alcohol-free, by all means, do that. That's, that's very clever. Great question. Thank you so much. I want to wrap up the discussion as well. There are tests out there, Dr. Chung, breath tests and so on, that could detect the mutation if you wanted to get a verified diagnosis of it, let's say. But it's not really necessary to diagnose because all you have to do is, as long as you've got the Asian flush, you've got the mutation. huh? Do you need to Bingo. pinpoint whether it's a single or a double? That's right. That, that, that's, that, that's the great thing. And those who have double mutation, you know that they will not touch alcohol because if they touch alcohol, it's like an allergic reaction. Yeah. They, they fall. They really have a big fall and some needs hospitalization. But those which are more common are the single mutation. And yes, you're right. It's so clear. That's why it's called a clinical biomarker. And that's why you don't need any test for it. And, but you, you need to be careful. Is it enough if one of my listeners is listening in and says, yeah, 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 I've got the Asian flush, but I don't want to go for all those endoscopies and all that because, you know what, I, I really have not had much alcohol consumption in my life. Like I can count on one hand how many times I've consumed alcohol. That's true. There are a lot of people that don't enjoy it and don't like it and don't imbibe at all. If you've not been consuming alcohol and you know that you've got Asian flush, is it okay to skip out on an endoscopy, let's say? That's that's. And if you're a perfectionist, um, they, they will be doing fine. And I assume that they don't drink any alcohol means that they don't smoke. And I assume they also eat very, very healthy food for the last 30, 40 years. Because don't forget, colorectal cancer is your number one cancer in Singapore. 
uh, and stomach and cancer is fifth, and then esophageal cancer is tenth. So those three gut remains in your top ten. So you need still to be careful about uh, avoiding your endoscopy, screening health endoscopy, which is very, very important because those are the things that save your life if they're picked up early. So it's not only one thing that I can forget about my endoscopy because I, I don't drink alcohol. Exactly that. Great questions coming in, Dr. Chung. I think the key takeaway here is take, don't take the Asian flush lightly. If you do have it, reduce consumption and definitely get speak to your doctor if you do have the Asian flush about uh, whether or not you need to go for some of these tests, yeah? Thank you very much. Yeah, you got it right on spot. Dr. Chong, a pleasure. Thank you for being on the program. My guest on today's edition of Health Matters, Dr. Chong. Uh, Dr. Chong is a general surgeon, senior upper GI consultant surgeon based at Panasia Surgery Group. And if you want to download more editions of Health Matters, the podcast, head on over to our page, cna.asia slash listen, or download at Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts as well. I'm Daniel Martin. Thanks for joining me. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.